story now Today it's something far inside Hurt your body, close your eyes And I'll bring you back to here You are my uh, so, uh, episode ship. 37 through the island podcast uh wouldn't you know it um the islanders roster did not change much but the roster for this podcast uh this episode uh once again mike is a healthy scratch uh and we have called up his bandmate and uh in crypto dira and a, a fellow uh, 300 iq uh, militia member scott is in the house in the house i'm in the house i'm here to to pick up after mike i'm here to take a few shifts for for a good buddy and um is is he like as a as a bandmate is he is he uh kind of what he is as a podcast uh partner in in that he says he can do he can definitely do something at a certain time initiates the recording time and then uh, tells you about a couple hours before that actually the thing that we set up uh, and and have been planning on doing uh, you got we got to push that maybe a week maybe a week he said uh, if I can't do uh, you know Monday night or Tuesday maybe we'll just record on uh, next Monday and I was like no does he do that yeah with band stuff well how do I, I have to phrase this carefully Ooh. Mike is extremely extremely dedicated to the band i will give him that he is uh he, right. he is an, at times he is an engine behind making sure the band gets things done but i felt the butt i felt but, the butt. i just felt the butt but, um he he is definitely famous for all right everyone's got to be there at 12 and then gets there at 12 45 that, that's a classic mike um he's usually pretty good about if everyone agrees to a day he's in but there's definitely a fair bit of, yeah, Monday. Let's do Monday. Let's do Monday. I can't do Monday. It, it definitely happens. But, but uh, Mike, Mike, you know, he's, he's, he's very dedicated, man. He does a good job. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I also imagine on some level, um, Crypto Dira is, is ambitious, uh, whereas this is very deliberately not. Um, right. So, so, so know, it's on brand for, is it, would you argue then it's on brand for Mike to do this then? Because three island podcast actively tries to be unambitious. Well, I, I would say that, um, I would say that, that, uh, I feel like I'm a franchise podcaster, but I'm just not sure that I'm, I'm entirely surrounded with the, the talent that really, really I, I deserve, but, uh, um, speaking about uh, talents uh, and, and there not being enough of it, uh, what were your thoughts on the Islanders trade deadline? Well, I didn't have, I, it may not have seemed like it in the, in the chat, but I didn't have that many thoughts. I think it was, anyone who expects the Islanders to buy at this deadline, I, I think that was just absurd and unrealistic. I, I know the, like, the feeling is the team has to get better, better, better because they, they've made it to two Eastern conference finals in a row and all that jazz. But you know, th- this season was a wash. That's not exactly a surprise to say. And yeah, so obviously no buying. A lot of people said the team should have been stripped down to its core. 
um, and sold everything that wasn't stable to the floor. Um, I don't know that I agree with that either. And I don't think Lou Amarillo agrees with that either. And I think that's ultimately why he stood exactly where he did. So I understand why the Islanders did kind of fuck all. Um, I would have been fine with Cal Clutterbuck being moved. I would have been fine with anyone else who's on expiring deal being moved, but also on the flip side, who gives a shit if they didn't move green and char, because what are you really going to get for green and char? And the way Lamarillo spoke was as if to imply that that was kind of the deal the whole time when they signed here was, Hey, if, if things aren't going too hot by mid season, we, we really, we just want to stay here, you know? And I think, you know, neither one of those guys gives you enough for it to fucking matter. Um, as far as, as someone like, Clutterbuck, though, or Parise, it would have been nice to maybe get something for, for those guys when you know that they're, uh, you know, when, he, when the team's not going anywhere. But then they get re-signed, so it's like, okay, who gives a shit? I like Parise. I want him to be an Islander. More fine with his contract than Clutterbuck's, but also fine. Who cares if Clutterbuck got signed for 1.75 or the fuck it was? It, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. I don't care. The deadline was a whole bunch of I don't care. I know it sounded like a bunch of apathetic and sad nonsense, but I just don't fucking care. <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of interesting stuff uh, in general happens. Yeah, um, oh yeah. I I felt that um, like I I think uh, Giroux on the on the Panthers is going to be. I mean, it, a lot of teams loaded the fuck up. It's like yes. It's crazy what what Colorado did out west. Uh, Colorado went ham. They went. They they just Joe Sakic is probably the closest thing the NHL has to like an NHL twenty two GM who just looks at his roster every single year and is just like fuck it. Like let's let's go. Remember, remember the Duchesne trade that fucked up like three way thing that he ended up pulling off that really worked out in Colorado's favor. And then here he is in this in this mode, and he's right. I mean. Not enough GMs on really, really good teams just go, yeah, fuck it. We, we have to win now. It's like a salary cap era. This shit's not going to last long. What are you pinching your pennies for? We're all going to be, you know, at the cellar of the league at some point in salary cap draft, like like Chicago or something. So, yeah, let's just do what we can. I think that rocks. Joe Sackett rocks. I, I think that the, the, the avalanche loaded up. Uh, who else loaded up? I'm I mean – Florida, you know, didn't load up per se, but obviously just acquiring Drew in in and of itself is kind of a load up. Toronto getting Giordano and and Blackwell is like okay. Um, Toronto not getting a real goalie is extremely fucking funny. So I mean, tying back to the Islanders, and really quick, am I sounding a little jittery to you on your end or no? Um, you cut out like once, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Whatever. It's Mike's week to edit. So who gives a shit for me? As far as I'm concerned, I do. I you do sound fine. Um, to me, I was. So when it came, when it comes to the deadline, like I had a feeling it would end up, a lot of people had had a feeling it would end up the way that it did. I am not. It. Okay. It's like tied into a couple of things. If, if the most that you were going to get for a green or clutter buck was like a fourth rounder or a fifth rounder. Like, cause I've seen some people talk about how you have to build through the draft. So that is true. And yeah, there the Islanders have plenty of diamonds in the rough on their team right now, but it's like, 
you, when you build through the draft, it's not like, yeah, rack up any, any draft. That's not in a, like, I don't think that that's necessarily a winning strategy. A, 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 a what's it like some stat that like, once you get into like the late second round, it's like a 30% chance of playing 200 NHL games or something like it's, that. It's probably less even past pick 15 in the first round there's a massive cliff that it falls off for, for a player to become a quote unquote NHL regular. So, you know, I, I agree. Like it's, it's to me, I don't have a problem with. with I, I think, I think second rounders are good. I, I think second rounders yeah. are good, but you're not getting, you, you're not getting a second rounder for, for Clutterbuck. I, I thought that, I thought that, um, I mean, especially with, with the Leafs and the Leafs desperation, I'm a bit surprised they didn't do uh, Varlamov. Um mm-hmm. Uh, part of me wonders if that was just there wasn't money that that the the Leafs like there wasn't a a way for like the Leafs are cap strapped but they're not really with the exception of the the, the Morazic contract like they they don't really have that many. Like the, the guys that get paid a lot of money are guys that make sense to pay a lot of money. It's just that they're thin. I don't know. We're, there's we're not t- much else. That, there's not, there's not, you know, much money left outside of those guys. So you can't, the, Toronto can't afford to overpay, you know, not that they were looking at him, but like, like everyone always points down is overpaying guys like Clutterbuck and Martin Zekas. Toronto literally doesn't even have the ability to do that. So for them to bring in the goaltender that's making $5 million a year for another year after this fall off, right? Yeah. Um, it, it just, the money's not there. It just literally isn't there. So I, I mean that, and that tied with, uh, Mike, uh, you, pretty much most of the chat was, uh, was against my banging the, uh, good, good trade market for, for Mayfield drum. But, you know, I, even with that in general, it felt for the same reasons that the Islanders that, that Lou gave his word to the, the old guys. I feel like with the young guys, one or the younger guys, um, I just think, and young, yes, the, the, the younger than 45 and 38 year old guys. Um, but, but for, for the guys that clearly, you know, have probably at least five, you know, year, at least you know, four or five more years left of NHL time. They want to assess whether or not like a Varlamov or Mayfield trade is something they do in the, like that's more likely to happen in the off season. I wouldn't be surprised if they keep at least one of those guys. I I, I think I said last episode, I could see, I I could, it's, it feels more likely to me I go between it being like it, it's close between whether it's more likely they come back with both of those guys or come back with just one. Um, but either way, that stuff like Bailey uh, or, or or Beauvillier are not going to happen until the offseason. I think they want to like really, really assess who's who, like, like, like who's what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and with the season starting to turn, not turn around, but like, with the team starting to show signs of life in the last month, now management really, like you said, has to has to zoom out a little bit and go, okay, you know, 
maybe the last two years overinflated how good we were, maybe the first half of the season overinflated how bad we thought we were. You know, now here comes the second, not half, but, you know, third of the season or whatever, and the Islanders are looking at least, you know, decent enough. I mean, they won quite a few games recently. Now you really have to, like, assess, okay, what happened? Is this is this group getting another go? And honestly, I, I don't think the Islanders roster or cap situation is, is all that complicated because of the hole that they jammed themselves in a lot of contracts and aging players and stuff. They didn't really change their roster because they can't. Like, this is kind of it. Like, yeah, you can you can send one guy out here, maybe trade a midfield, trade a Bovillier, whatever. But the ultimately, like, the core is still going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be Barzell. It's going to be Lee. It's going to be Nelson. It's going to be maybe Bailey if they don't, you know, expel him too. So it does really seem like they're just re- hitting the reset button because it's like, well, I mean, we have these guys. They're all under contract. and are not going anywhere. And Lou Lamorello is 450 years old, and how much fucking time does he have left to be a GM? So they're not going to waste their time tearing it down and rebuilding right now. They've built themselves into this corner, and they kind of have no choice but to just hit the gas now and be like, yeah. And it's also just like they are, when people talk about like strip it down and rebuild, like at the point that the Islanders are at right now, does it make fans are being over emotional? Like, and I get that's the whole thing about fans. And I know being like the, you know, emotionless and analytical prick is like uh, a very uh, Dom Lachizan uh, shithead type thing. But I, it's just the like shithead. The, that's how you say it. In, in all, in all, you know, reality, you don't, you, Look at, has any other team had three uh, good to great years in a row? Yes, that didn't result in a championship, yet, like, there's still value in non-championship seasons. Absolutely. Even even if it's not to, you know, the fucking super enlightened people on on Twitter that that think that if uh, you aren't uh, crying hysterically... Yeah, over the the this trade deadline that you are uh, drinking Kool Aid or or uh, blind to the flaws in this team, like it's it's wild to me that that uh, I don't know that that people think that any any organization would have the last three years that the Islanders had and then have this season because it's not like this is a you know. It's not like every time the fucking uh, Florida Marlins win a World Series and then the next fucking season they are in the shitter. And I know right, that's a different right. thing because th- that's usually the, t- the ownership just strips it because they're like, oh, we got the thing we needed, a championship. Fuck, fuck this. Dude, fucking in, in the year 2019, the Tampa Bay Lightning were bounced four games by Columbus. Now, granted, they didn't have a horrible year. They had a great year. So it's not quite a great comparison, but it's like, you know, there's plenty of teams that, that suffered down points and right before things got great. Like the Capitals weren't uh, weren't all that great before they won the Stanley Cup. They had their super hot years and then they started to dwindle. And there was a lot of is the Ovechkin era over? Should they trade Ovechkin? Should they tear the team down? Because they weren't having bad seasons, like bad bad seasons, but they weren't having amazing seasons either. It was a lot of you know make the first round, maybe make the second round, get bounced over and over and over, and then you know. They did not blow it up. You still had Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, blah, blah, blah. Granted, those players are much better than uh, 
probably anybody that plays for the Islanders. But I mean, the, the, your your point is perfectly valid. Though. You don't just rip it down after like you know two and a half good to great years and then have one not even fully bad season. I mean, when it was bad this year, it was horrible. Yeah, but, but there, it's there, not like it's been like ten game losing streaks for a like fucking all year. I mean, they've been pretty goddamn good in the last month or two. They're above. They're above NHL five hundred for one thing. Like, I yeah. mean, yes, and that's with that terrible that, start, all that shit. Yeah, and it, so, so to me, it's just like people got to be fucking, I don't know, sensible about what the fuck they're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. It's, a, I know, it's a lot to ask, but it's just like. They're they're not going to do that. I I do think that there's going to be. I could see an interesting trade or two happening this summer, um, with a with a Beauvillier or or a Bailey. Um, I mean, Frank, most likely to go on the forward group if you if you had a big one on the forward group. I am torn. Josh Bailey's signed through. He has two more He's years. He's got two more seasons after this, yes. And there, I don't see anything about like a limiting movement or anything, which I'm actually a little bit surprised about. But doesn't, he's kind of fair game. Doesn't Bo ha- uh, have three more years left on his deal? I think he got signed at four before this season. Anthony Beauvillier, is, uh, he's only got two more seasons after this as well. Interesting. I mean, with, with that in mind, and he's a UFA after this one, right? Or is he still RFA? I think UFA after this, yeah. Yeah, I think he think he's he's pretty much a free lad, free to be horny wherever you want. Interesting. I thought he was going to be RFA still, huh? Um, yeah, no expiry status UFA. I can read capfriendly.com. I'm really good at this. Also, so I, if anyone happens to notice me, like my voice getting like muffled or weird, I'm eating blueberries as, as we're doing this, and it might uh, you know there might be a few odd sentences here and there, so just throwing that out there. Uh, so to all all eight people listening to this. Uh, you know, just keep that in mind, you know, we're, it's important. Um, I, I think the most likely to go is probably, it's probably Bo. Although I, I mean, think so too. I think so because he's going to have more value and I could see if you talk about doing hard, like assessments on, on, I mean, see the thing about losing Bo that would suck is that he one he is young i he's not a bad player per se no i just don't know i think he's a guy whose value might be overinflated on the trade market as, without as to, question as to what he contributes like you know he had another point tonight in the in the spectacular stellar exciting uh match matchup between the islanders and senators Yo, this game um, is hard to watch at times. Oh, actually, he, <laughs> did, he didn't get a point. I think Sezikis was on on the wing instead of him. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, Anthony Beauvillier is a useful player, and if, and and maybe he wouldn't be this on all teams, but for the Islanders, he's an all situations player. He does play power play, penalty kill, and five, five obviously. So that, there's something to be said for that. That he can at least be you know trusted by one of the better coaches in the league in several scenarios but i i've made it i've made it clear in the chat i'm not a big anthony bovillier guy i think he's i think he works his ass off i think he's useful in the corner he's fucking dumb as a stump and i, I sometimes i can't stand watching him play hockey i just can't i i also feel like he doesn't like part of it is i, I think the assessment's going to be made kind of what you were hinting at earlier is 
what is what has made this team work what has has been some of its failings and which like who are the players that they can trade out um that that least affect uh you know hurting their hurting their uh strengths and also you know uh maybe getting rid of alleviates them of some of their their ills and i feel like Beauvillier is a guy that he's been productive at times. He's had clutch performances. The thing with Beauvillier to me that, that I think more and more just about even in the Doug in the, you know, cause he actually played under Capuano very briefly, the last yeah. Jack Cap wow. season. Crazy to think Holy about. Shit. I mean, it's also a testament to like, this guy's been on this team for a long fucking time. Like how much, how much more development do you think there is to to come on this? That's that that's it. I I just don't want to stop you there, but like that, I don't. I know Bobillier is young because he's what twenty four, right? Something like that. I don't yeah. view him as like a young developing player. I, I know players certainly can develop, you know, into their late twenties, but I kind of get the feeling that we've seen. This is what Anthony Bobillier is. I think so. Anyway, I could be wrong. If he's going to be an Islander, I hope I'm wrong. But I, I do kind of feel like, yeah, this is what you, what you see is what you get. He's not exactly like a multi-dimensional player. He's a, he's a pretty predictable player. He's, you know, by all accounts, not a bad player. 28 points in 57 games is not nothing in the NHL, especially in a very offensive and dry system. But, you know, I think this is it for him. But I think you can, I think you can convince a team that this is not it for him. Whereas with Josh yeah. Bailey, I, I think, you know, People are going to, you know, see the writing on the wall that he's getting older. He also makes more money than Anthony Bovillier and they're signed for the same amount of time. So if you're dangling somebody in front of a team, it's it's probably going to be him. I yeah, and uh, the thing the thing with Bailey that I'd say, uh, and, and in a way, I, I think it's not impossible that both guys get dealt. It would cut. Whoa, whoa. That, yeah, I know. I mean, I think it's not impossible uh, to see a, you know, if if. Detroit is deciding that they're moving on from Bertuzzi. Uh, you know, I could see a Bertuzzi for Bailey, something involving those players. Uh, uh, and I mean, I'm curious if, if Detroit is all in on Nedeljkovic because talk about, you know, you know, just throwing a bunch of players away. Uh, Varlamov, but, but I, I, that, that's uh, that's a bit of a digression. I also could see them deciding no fuck it like we have two starting goalies like i could see them them doing that but but i, I think Bo with Bo like in a way i think i think the thing that hurts Bo is not just that like not just that he's dumb not just that his hands are, are, are inconsistent but it's that he he doesn't play particularly um strong game you know he, he, he loses pucks. He loses board battles fairly easily. Like to me, I could see Trotz wanting Bo to be a uh, like Haglin type, like to basically have the role that Haglin had mm-hmm. when, because I think, I think Haglin was on that Caps team that won the cup. Believe so yeah. Yeah. And, but, and that's where he's best suited. Speedy can chip in here and there. Grabs the gold mission. Oh, look! Look at that! But I, I think he honestly just has too big of a role on the island right now. He has too big of a role, and I, I also think that, like, on some level, I could see Beauvillier and his and his agent, frankly, 
being able to be like, no, you know, this guy should play this role. And it's like, he's okay. a perfect third line guy, but he's never been used really. Not yet, never been rarely been used in that capacity. But I think, I think Anthony Bavillier in your third line, give me that every day. I, I think it's a great, it's a great player for that role. Beyond and, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, the, the thing that I go back and forth though with, with Bo is that, okay, yeah, you, you can expend in perfect third liner because next year, in theory, Parise is going to be the third liner again, maybe slots down to the fourth line, who knows, but but it just feels like, all right, he's probably going to be a third liner again. So you already have Lee. And it's like, if we keep talking about needing to improve uh up front it just feels like Bo is in this no man's land of like where's the spot for him because it it just it doesn't seem like he never drives a line like every every time yeah. he, he's been hot it's been because the other two guys on his line have been playing well mm-hmm. and he's playing well too but I think it's usually that like it's the the mix of the players he's playing with are making up on size and IQ where he can just kind of skate fast and hard and, and, you know, the puck will fall. He reads the room. He, he reads the room very well. Um, you know, if, if everyone's playing bad, he gets it. He should also play bad. But yeah, I think I, I just, cause I feel like the Islanders, I can see the Islanders adding two forwards up front, which means that, that two guys got to go. Um, because. Well, Hey, he, they're, they're going to have to add two defensemen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they have what? to add two defensemen. Well, speaking of which right now I'm watching uh, the I'm doing some scouting. I'm watching the Coyotes um, Ooh. F- Kraken game. And I, Ooh. I then I realized Jacob. You sure about that? I think chicken's still hurt. So. Um, oh, yeah. So why are you watching that? That's my question. Well, I, I, I remembered <laughs> as I was watching and I kept not seeing him and waiting to see him i was like shouldn't he be playing a lot for this team but um i'm watching the sharks and calgary but i'm not really watching it because i'm watching you instead it looks like the calgary flames are winning i could see anton strollman being brought in if mayfield were to go i could see strollman being brought in as a third pair guy um man i haven't i haven't heard i haven't heard that name in years first of all um i I, I, I honestly don't know he threw a real yeah. nice hit in the game, but um, you know, you know who else threw a real nice hit in the game? Who? Adam Pellick. Adam Pellick, which brings us Take back it. to the aisles. Uh, I mean, and we can kind of talk more, more, you know, roster stuff as we go through it. But so since the last recording, we had the Caps game, uh, which, which is a shootout loss, four three, the two two one W over the Rangers. The yeah, four actually two good time. win against the Stars, which I was in attendance for. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 2-1 loss to the Flyers, which I was at band practice for, but seems like I missed a real embarrassing no-show dud. Fucking embarrassing. I didn't yeah. watch that game either because I was also doing a band-related thing. So it's I'm starting to see the pattern that when the militias at, at full attention were winning more games because I was at the Winnipeg game on the 11th and they won. Big coincidence, uh, or maybe not. I think maybe, it's, uh, I think it's causation, actually. Mm, um, yeah. And then tonight, the three three nothing win, the real barn burner excitement. Two 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 just clash of the titans uh, playing each other, Islanders and Senators. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, in, in these games, you saw, I think, a lot of it. I, I mean, a, a lot of maybe what the team and, and management is trying to see in this team, which is, from my understanding of that that 4-3 loss to the, the shootout loss to the Caps, uh, the defense got a bit spotty. Varley let in maybe a, a, a clunker or, or two, I don't know. I didn't see, but that's what I, I believe I saw someone in the chat say, got to make that save. Um, there was on one, one if I remember correctly, where, where I remember going, yeah, you got you to have that one. But, um, but and then know, on Varley, too, I, I think not to get back to roster stuff too hard, but I, it, whether it's the right move or not, I firmly believe both goalies are back next year. I really think that. I think, I think the Islanders, this is not, again, not necessarily what I think, although I kind of agree. The, I think the Islanders very, very, very much value having both those guys because, you know, you see the way Trotz rolls them out in the tandem. He very rarely gives two guys, one guy two starts from all unless someone's hurt. Glamorell just, I mean, obviously it's a lot of, like a lot of lip service after the trade deadline, but he's like, you know, I feel that a lot of calls on Varlamov, but like I really think he's important to Strokin's development, which I think there's something to that. I mean, having a country, a fellow countryman, all that jazz. But so, yeah, I think I, he's back. I think I, he is. I think there's something to that, and I think he's been he's he, he's he's course corrected for the most part over the course of this season. I just think what it comes down to is that Sorokin's better now, mm-hmm. and and it, what it comes down to is you know is Varlamov down to play thirty games max? Does he feel up for that? I think that's a conversation that makes sense to have this summer because if, if you're only needing a goalie for third, like let's say at least, at least uh, like 22 games as much as 35 and that, that 35 might even be pushing it a little bit, but let, let's say that's the split. I think, I think Sorka is going to get at least 52 next year. Um, you do? I think so. I- I think you. Should, I think you should. I. I don't know that he will. I, I really. I really think they're gonna maybe not do an even A B, but I, I could just. I mean, going back to the Leonard and Grice years, it's just been the Trots mo, and also the NHL is sort of pivoting that direction. You're seeing less of your Shostakins and more of your ABs. You know, just yeah. goalies just don't play as many games as they used to. There, there are no more Henrik Lundqvists that are playing fucking sixty-five games in a year. Or seventy games yeah. a year, it I mean, doesn't really happen. And in reality, the last one of the last guys, I, I mean, for Vasilevsky, one of the things that was always brought up was that he he looked tired by the time they got to the playoffs, uh, and and uh, and I mean, another guy that I think of that like was like, wow, this guy's a workhorse in because it's been going the way of the 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 maybe not not one to one platoon, but it's been going the way yeah. of the platoon for quite some time now because i remember that that one you know uh good oilers playoff year which i think was like talbot's first year maybe his second year um talbot like uh played like 66 games or something like something yeah he played a shit ton of games that year and he's like uh it's it seemed like he had trouble with concentration after that point and then never was able to, to build like, the momentum of his career more or less yeah. get a fucking wall after that. And I think, 
So I think it's good to guard against that. I just think in, in terms of these assessments that you need to make with the team, I think it makes sense to go, all right, if we need to add here, is it possible there's value? Because there are teams that are going to be desperate to get goaltending that, that should have solved their goaltending years and years ago that mm. will need goalies. Um, mm. And that Varlamov is probably going to be better. Like Varlamov is probably an improvement on, um, but I mean, before they traded for Flurry, like, yeah. like Flurry in, in, uh, in Minnesota. Uh, and, and Washington and Toronto and Colorado. I mean, yeah, you know, there, there's, there's, there's two things that stand in the way of Varlamov being dealt. And that is obviously the fact that he's making $5 million a year. Not the worst thing for a decent goaltender, mm-hmm. but you only want to play him for 40 games at most. A lot of teams don't have that kind of cash. And he's got a 16-team no-trade list. Yeah. So that leaves half the league he can't go to. And I'm sure there's a deal out there to be made for Varlamov that was probably even on the table in the last couple of weeks. But it, it, those two factors certainly limit what you're going to get. So they probably looked at it as he's more helpful to us on our roster than this okay deal. You know, even, even if like in theory, he's a great fit for like 15 teams, mm-hmm. you know, half those teams might not be on his list or might be on his list. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just could also see a scenario where um, fucking Toronto, maybe Toronto does well, but well, if Toronto does well, but, but like, you know, Jack Campbell inevitably like boots it, let's say in like a second or third round would, would then they be inclined to be like, Oh, if we just had a guy like, like, and, and maybe at that point it, the, you know, their first rounder being who, which I'm not even sure they still fucking have, but like if, if, if that first rounder ended up being a 26th pick or something, is that, you know, would they then be willing to part with that for Varlamov? You know, that type of mm-hmm. thing. Although they don't know, but but I, again, so that that's that on Varley. You know, he um, looking at we, we we're here from that Caps game. Caps, one of the teams that could get him uh, in that Caps game. You you had uh, an, another goal. The guys that have been scoring, Palmieri, Lee, and Nelson, all scored in mm-hmm. that one. Bailey sure. made an insane, yeah. insane dangle to set up yes. uh, Paul Mary, which is never been that. I wonder if they're thinking about like, do we keep Paul Bailey as a guy that, you know, uh, his like uh, his his chemistry with Paul Mary? I don't know, um, or the fact that he's had that he has he's had chemistry with Paul Mary and Nelson, so there are two different you know uh, scorers that he's been able to have chemistry with maybe they keep him, but, and Dobson got two points in that one, um, which I mean, continues just, to be good, man. just, you know, uh, you know, with, with, with that in mind, with Dobson, I, I, I go, I've been going back and forth since the trade deadline, because the fact that the Islanders keep getting brought up around Chikrin, um, like Elliot Friedman mentioned that, in, in the off season, the Islanders are interested. He, they were a team that he, he brought, he'd bring up never as a front runner, but he'd always bring them up. And the fact that like, they'd always be in, in, in the picture there that one of the other main competitors that was brought up was um, 
Boston, who got Lynn home and extended him. So that's gone. You know, Florida, I'm not sure what their cap situation is going to be after this season, but, you know, Florida's brought up. I don't know. It just feels like, you know, the Islanders and Chikrin has like, I think another three years left on his deal, maybe four. Like, that's a lot of good. I mean, listen, (laughs) Chikrin is a, he's instantly, an unbelievable upgrade on your blue line. But I mean, unless that price tag goes down, it is, it is awfully fucking steep from, from what they're reporting right now. That's also why he didn't move. And every single game that he plays essentially, or doesn't play and, and, and burns on his contract, you know, technically his value gets lower. It's, He's older yeah. and has less time left. So you can wait it out, but you can wait, you can wait it out. But I, I, I think I, I just like in my head, so hypothetically, I'm just been, I've been wondering about if they if they got Chikrin, like would would the value that Chikrin brings be redundant in terms of like? See, I don't want I I part of me I want to watch. I know that he puts up points. I know last year he had a shit ton of goals. Um, yes, and it's like so is, if he's a trigger guy, I just if you have Dobson, Dobson emerging as he has. Is it then like redundant to have another? I mean, in theory, you can have two great power play defensemen. Yes, yes. I, I was going to say the answer to that is no because I think there's just there's so few excellent puck moving defensemen, and I don't think you can have too many of them. I just I don't think I think I don't think most teams have one. You know, I mean, look at look how badly losing Nick Letty hurt the Islanders. Nick Letty's not very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but his skill set is so like just so like. I don't want to say rare, but kind of rare, but at the same time, extremely necessary for today's NHL. You lose a guy like that and, and you replace him with Zeno Chara, who is the complete opposite of that. You see the effect of that immediately. So yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't think there's, I wouldn't worry about redundancy. I mean, imagine having Dobson be on your second power play as a quarterback. That's, that's a nice problem to have. <laughs> and also, I mean, you know, obviously the uh, Mike's not here. I know, I know he likes the abs uh, more than the Islanders, but um, Ooh. I just like I'm not sure if, if Taves and Makar are on the same power play unit as well as the same uh, regular let's, unit. Let's check a website. Let's, let's check. Let's check a website. You go on. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check a certain website to see if I can figure that out. So yeah, I I just I'm to me I I just uh, I think um, it's just interesting. These names you so rarely hear the Islanders associated with with anybody that when you do. It's like, huh? Interesting. Yeah, it's hard not to think about it. I, you know, I don't. Again, I don't. I don't think the Islanders have the assets to pull someone like Jacob Trick Chicken, which is the, the the really big roadblock. I mean, that that's also why I brought up the fact that the Islanders are sort of I don't want to say stuck, but kind of stuck with this team because they don't have much to trade for a massive difference maker like Chicken. You know, they really, they really just don't. It's, it's the fact of the matter. I think they're going to make their money in the playoffs by looking for those good bottom six, middle six sort of forwards and stuff like that. Because I, I just don't think there's, there's enough like prospect pool power to just go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a, a first, a second, and our top prospect and a roster player for Chickering. I mean, I, who is that? Who I, are those players? I agree. Uh, the, 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 the one thought that I have is that I think. It really depends on what, what the lottery ends up being. Like, let's say the Islanders finish ninth 
you know, in the East. And then, and then uh, they finish ninth in the East. And then they, and then, you know, the, the lottery, nothing crazy happens in the lottery. And they, they pick 16th. Like at that point, I could see the Islanders being a team that uh, trades that, that first round pick. Yeah, if it gets uh, high enough or low enough, I should say. I mean, I could, know, I could definitely see the I, I, I could see that, you know, a package of like that, Salo, um, maybe Beauvillier, or uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, I, I, I don't think, no, I'll, I'll save that take for later, but th- there's, <laughs> there's on, some spicy look okay I, I think that that it's not entirely impossible uh not saying it's likely but it's not impossible that to, to bring in a big gun not saying it'd be the chicken trade but that wallstrom gets involved in something yeah he, i i think for the right player it would happen i mean um, I, yeah you know i uh like i, I don't think it's Again, this this comes down to the identity question we always ask about the Islanders. Where are the Islanders, and what is the expectation? And like, do you trade a player like that because you think you're going to win the Stanley Cup next year, or is this team so fucking far off that that's delusional, and then you end up, you know, with some aging proven score? And I had someone throw that at me earlier today, like actually a couple hours ago, is essentially the effect of like Wallstrom's expendable because you know, and I and I said, well, I, I don't know that's true considering the skill set is very different than most players in the Islanders, whether or not it's being utilized correctly or maturely or whatever, you know, there are no other pure shooters in the Islanders that are not only have the shot, but are very happy to use it. Um, and I said, who else in the Islanders has the skill set? And he, and he said something to the effect of whoever they trade for. And I'm like, so what makes you think a team is going to give you a better version of Wallstrom for Wallstrom? I, I don't so, understand unless you're padding it out, but what are you padding it out with? So on that, on that note there, like the, the place that I think that I just, I, I, and maybe some of the, the trades that this team made yesterday were done specifically to alleviate this situation, but there's been so much talk. It feels like for years, but especially because it's a contract year with uh, Brock Besser in, in Vancouver about not knowing if ownership feels like that guy's been on the trade block every year for the past, like three years. Yeah. He, he strikes me as a guy who could, who could randomly explode after a trade. Like he, he has like a big change of scenery vibe to him. You'd have to, you'd have to pay him a lot of money, but he's young. He's young too. He's Barzell. Isn't he Barzell's age? Yeah. Or yeah. He's Barzell's age. Right. And that, or, just about. Yeah, I think, I think Barzell is about to turn 25 or something, or he is 20. I think he's about to be. We'll call him 25 for all You know, that's a guy that that loves to shoot the puck and, and is like, you know, in a way that's kind of what you he's he's what you hope uh, Wallstrom could be. Because he's had, a, I think he's had third, at least a 30 goal season. And His first season was 29. He's actually never been better than that. I'm looking at it right now. And, and honestly, I remember hearing so much about Besser in his rookie year because he was kind of neck and neck with Barzell for the Calder for a minute. And then Barzell. Clutter, Buck sort of, hurt him. 
Yeah, which was cool, by the way. Which, yeah. you know, not, it's a game people get hurt. What can you do? Well, they, they can hash it out on the Islanders bench next next season. Right. And I, and I remember hearing so much about Besser being a rising star. And then I couldn't help but notice in a couple of years that I was hearing very little about him. And I honestly forgot about Brock Besser until this year when the trade talk stuff sort of seemed, seemed to really be coming to a head. And I'm looking right now at a stat line for the first time ever in his, you know, full five year or whatever career. And, you know, it, it, it looks like a player who's sort of started out real hot and kind of hasn't really found his way since then. I mean, his well, goal line since then is 29, 26, his first two seasons, and then 16, 23, 18 so, so far. 18 so, so, far. so, Scott, I, I think an important thing, though, is you're, you're, you're looking – you need to look one spot to the left, which is another area of concern, which is games played. So yeah. that, that rookie season was 29 goals in 62 games. Following season Correct. was 26 and 69. Nice. Yep. Uh, very nice. Yeah, very nice. 16 in the uh, in in the lockout sh- in the in the uh, sorry in the uh, first COVID uh, shutdown right. season. So 16 and 57. Mm-hmm. Last year 23 and 56. And right, and, definitely better. And this year 18 and 58. So and in general, it seems like he's paced over 30 goals. A couple times, mm-hmm. he's just never. And I get that, you know, pace. Okay, if, he, if he's not going to be healthy for it, you're not getting there. But so I, I think um, on some level that that's just maybe another interesting. That might that that's all the more reason why maybe a deal would be possible that you can kind of be like, all right, great. He's been great when he's been healthy, but he hasn't always been healthy. So you right, know, right. That that limits what your value back on him is. And but my, I guess my point is that he's proven. The value of yeah. of uh, of like uh, pr- he's he's consistently proven productivity uh, at the level which which Wallstrom has not done. He hasn't proven durability, but Wallstrom hasn't necessarily proven his spot. I don't know his uh, he hasn't proven his his uh, viability yet on the pro level um, no. consistently. So to me, it's like that that's where that type of trade uh comes to mind i i let, we'll come back to this in a minute just because uh we are getting a, a bit late i want to i want to get through some of the rest of the games because we'll get player stuff out of that which is i mean that islander ranger game period is one of the best islander games of the year super fun, fun. super fun even though um you know turncoat uh, uh arthur staple made it seem like the islanders got got bodied in that game uh which they did not they that that second period was a fucking horror show but but um i thought you're trying to tell me there's ebbs and flows in a game yeah and 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 that the team that is more skilled is going to in an ebb and flow game probably do better so odd who could have seen that coming but yeah no they got fucking uh, what was the, the was it badly beaten badly or some shit? Uh, who cares? Yeah, the Islanders. And the shots, game. the shots were thirty to twenty-eight. By the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got the shirt got fucking creamed. Um, but, but I mean, Sorokin, we we gotta because we gotta talk when it comes to Islander fans needing to get their shit together. Yeah, Ilya Sorokin is is very much a a lens to to think about that through in context of this season and, and assessing the franchise. Yes, the guy it, had a, he had a he had a rough three week period 
which was, you know, in part was probably the, huh, this season's cooked, huh? Mm-hmm. Realization, pro- probably the carrying the team on his back during, uh, keeping them like, you know, even fantasy viable, um, eventually playing behind that, uh, and the cheating that, that that gets involved uh, from a mechanics standpoint, um, you know that can fucking make your make your game slip a bit. And when you know the team doesn't have the horses to outscore a, a goalie on a cold streak, a, a goalie's off night, then that 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 three week period happened. But. That fucking, you know, you, you had you had all these brilliant, I'm not gonna name names because I fucking hate them, but there's several, <laughs> there's several dipshit uh Twitter oh, accounts yeah. that that mm-hmm. were so sure that Sorokin is just not that good. I'm not sure, it's always with this guy. I think yeah. I think those fans need to go to the rickety stool uh rope <laughs> uh combination store and, and where see can I find one? Uh, I'll let you know. I, I, I kind of have a rewards membership there. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, you know, Sorokin, like the fact that he fucking out dueled Shesterkin was yeah, so right. great. Kicked ass. Was so great. Um, I also you know. love that. I heard a lot of, I can't, you can't call it complaining because, you know, it wasn't, um, that kind of that kind of situation, but just a lot of you know. Oh man, I don't just would a body if not Sorokin in that game from Rangers fans. And I'm like, if you looked at your entire fucking season, for like you just got goalied. You have literally been goalieing people for fucking like sixty games. Eat my for, shit for sixteen years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like, I mean, God, how 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 fucking unjust is it that the Rangers like retire one of the greatest goalies of all time, and then immediately insert randomly another like incredible fucking goaltender. It's kind of it's kind of bullshit. It kind of seems to me there's some cheating going on. It's bullshit, um, but I I I don't care so long as as this time the goalie that's supposed to have a, a phenomenal duel uh with the the other New York team uh doesn't end up getting bonitis. Uh right. Which which judging by that the save that Sorokin made, he I, I think he's imperfect. I think he's a he's immune. He has natural immunity. To bonitis. To, to bonitis. He doesn't even need to get vaccinated for bonitis. Oh yeah, for sure. He he's definitely done his yeah. research. Uh, I mean, he's the fact just that natural because that was like a double. That was like a triple. That save was like a triple broken play. It was a like a, a pass that was supposed to go one way, bounced to Vitrano. So then Sorokin had to start sliding the other way, but then Sor- like Vitrano went backdoor to to Panarin so then he that's why he was like kind of off balance because he already was sliding and he had to slide again and like it's just crazy the the amount of body control like core strength flexibility because there are many points of contact that he could have his body could have given out his his back his groin his knees his ankles, all of those held. And he had the, like the wherewithal to actually like read, like he read the, the release. Yeah. He read, he raised the paddle. It was not just, it was a blind dive. It was, that was, that was top, top 10 save I've ever seen. Honestly. It, it was, I mean, 
it was great. And, and, you know, every fucking fan that wrote this guy off seriously, rickety stool rope, especially because it was always in the, it was just, it was just another part of the, this fucking pity party, these pity party fans, my God, shut it's the rough. fuck up. It's hard to watch, man. You, you have to take the season and, and you have to tr- throw at least half it in garbage. It, it's, it's important to learn Ooh, from it. Oh shit. You know what? The, 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 uh, the barn burner Kraken uh, coyotes game. Oh, there's like a pretty nasty exchange of like slashes between Keller and flurry. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want either team player on my team then because they might they might be injured, dude. But um, man, so like, and when you have a goalie like Sorokin, you don't you don't go. You know what? This guy's good enough. If this, you don't try to do this bullshit ass thing where, well, if he is good enough, then they'll be able to, um, you know, strip the strip for parts and then rebuild and, and get there faster and it's like that won't not, get there faster if that was faster why wouldn't everyone that's not, constantly strip and that's ridiculous if anything you'd, you'd end up probably having what happened with Corey schneider on the on the devils which is that you'll have a goalie that plays out of his skull that drags a team to more number nine finishes right number yeah. 10 finishes like uh and and then by the time that those picks start to uh, materialize the goalie is too broken and holds them back. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I, I anyone who doubts Ilya Sorokin has uh, fucking peanut butter for a brain and understand, um, yeah, and understand that like you don't, you because you have a goalie that that's good, you give him goals. Yes, you, 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 you build out Dumb. an offense, and and uh, especially like okay, it's just the Islanders have the goalie. They have, uh, especially since part of part of what what's been nice about this continued, you know, uh, positive rate of play is Pelican Pulak. Excellent. You when they get when as soon as they get put the bat together, it's almost like it's like a it's gonna not oh, what's the word? It's like feeling a familiar warmth. You're like, oh yes, oh yeah. I forgot that no one can score a goal when this duo is on the ice. Feels good. And and like. Uh, you know, you, you have the the possibly the number one defenseman of the future and Noah Dobson. Uh and and uh like you have a lot a lot of the parts that, that you want to have are there, but if you didn't have Sorokin, it would make everything else that much more meaningless. Having a good goalie is so important. Just ask all the teams that don't have a good goalie. We talk about it with the playoff teams that like, okay, if, if the, if the Maple Leafs got Varlamov, wouldn't that have been like, Oh shit. Yeah. It would be like, Oh shit. They have a competent goaltender now. Fuck. Yeah. Like that would have been. <laughs> I mean, so, what's but, the only reason why anyone's scared of the Rangers? Holy shit. Like if certain gets hot at the right time, they can drag this band of terrible five on play, five players straight to the fucking Stanley Cup final because well, a goalie had a, a weird. Don't put months. that voodoo on the pod, Scott. Oh, oh they're fine. They, they, the Devils just put up a fucking touchdown today. It's fine. I mean, I mean, and and when talking about not having goaltending, we talked about it on uh, with the Devils. Like a a rebuild can also be hurt by goaltending. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like, like you know, they haven't had the goaltending 
I know, you know, Pete Judge was talking up Nico Dawes, who I admittedly I don't know much about. I, I have heard good things about, but I, I don't know that much about, but like Corey Schneider and then that them thinking that Blackwood was going to be a guy and he's just not that dude um, mm-hmm. has hurt their, uh, has, has hurt their rebuild. I mean, you saw it. The it's Island, not easy to find a great goaltender. The it's Islanders like Tavares era didn't even really, you know, how much of the Tavares era was, was, uh, hampered like uh by them not having Yaroslav Halak a, a Yaroslav Halak level goalie until um 2015 yeah until over I mean, five years sport. over yeah, five years after years. he's drafted like that that like you know I, it's so even if you want it like I, I don't know to me it uh Sorokin is a goalie that, that you you want to get back into the playoffs as soon as oh, possible. Because yeah. also another goalie, you don't want him to get John Gibson. You know, I mm-hmm. theorize that John Gibson playing behind some some, some dreadful ass Ducks teams. Um, and I guess you can, you can make the argument that, you know, oh, those teams never fully embraced a rebuild. I mean, technically, I, I don't see the Islanders doing what the Ducks have done. Like I think no. next year, if next year is rough, it's kind of over. <laughs> yeah, and I think they, I think they would acknowledge that. I hope so. I really I think do. Also, getting to Bakov was Islanders goaltender before Halak. I forgot about that. I, I looked because I was really I forgot. I was like, who the fuck actually was the goalie of the Tavares era? Entertaining character, but that that I'll never forgive him for his performance in that Penguin series. It was it was. Yeah, remember when he didn't want to play for the Islanders because a lot of players didn't want it at the time. He like didn't report and shit, and they like made him report, and then he resigned. Yeah, it was rough. Johnny Boychuk, another one. Not that he didn't want to, he didn't kick and scream, but he he was not psyched. The reports were that he was not psyched about being traded to the Islanders, and then he immediately signed a seven year deal. In like, well, not immediately, but in like a couple of months. So uh, that we can. Uh, so that that fort after the, that Rangers uh, 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 that win against the Rangers, so the Dallas game was another again like continued like those two games felt like oh Islanders Islanders games oh they're they're yeah like I want to watch this kind of um, you know again and in that game you had a you had a Brock trick yeah man dude Brock Nelson's been Brock Nelson Anders Lee Josh Bailey. And Paul Mary all had a really big month, a really really big month. I got to see a Josh Bailey two goal game in the flesh. It's good. It's fun. It's watching watching Brock. Uh, we had, we had great seats. Shout out to uh, my friend Ed Hackamer for uh, for the the tickets he sold. Uh, Lauren, uh, uh, my girlfriend, not not Mike's uh, fiance. Um, right, not, not Mike's fiance. Yeah um for for the game we were like uh the 100s right behind uh the goal that the uh the islanders shot on twice and it was like watching brock nelson up close it it was great like getting to see getting to really uh find out which players like are doing pretty pretty great shit like uh as far as like hockey iq and 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 whatnot like brock nelson reads plays so quickly it, it, it's just it's fascinating to watch how quickly uh 
he makes decisions with the puck, how good he is at, at uh, shielding the puck with his body. He just, uh, you know, it's, it's no, it's no surprise to me that, that Lee looks as good as he does with, with Brock uh, because uh, one, I think, I think uh, it's an easier pace for him to play with than Barzell, obviously. I also think Lee, Lee going hard to the net and, and hard in the corners. Brock can do those things, but when you have Lee doing the brunt of that, Nelson being freed up to, to be a little bit more finesse, I think, is because yeah. because when you think about it, he's had a crazy amount of great highlight reel goals. Like in the in the Boston series last year, he had the goal that really like just daggered the, the that like put it around or through the defenseman and and you know he has some dangles to him. Uh a hell of a shooter. One of the one of the really the best shot in the Islanders right now in Wallstrom. But I mean Nelson's a more refined being a several, several, several year pro. But yeah, no, I agree. I, I saw a couple people saying that Brock Nelson should be traded. Uh, and I, I I need to know where that comes from. What what fucking part of your brain is telling you to do that? Well because after like 40 rough games. Those are the people that are want want to and think this team should just rebuild. That should just tear down. That should convince themselves that it's over. because because this year happened it's over convince yourself that that everything good that happened was a fluke and everything bad that happened this year is 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 what's actually the at at, uh you know the team uh like that's that that's that fan um but yeah you know um be watching from that level uh Chara horrifying how much yeah, he how much Holy he's behind shit. the play is 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 horrifying. I I watching Ryan Suter just play a, a competent solid game was frustrating because I was oh, like yeah. that was the guy if they if that was the guy that was uh paired with uh with uh with Noah Dobson this season, my god, what a what a, like that, that, that's the exact type of defensemen that I think the Islanders need, like they, to me, they need that more than a chicken, but I can yes. see them being like, what we need is goals. And what we also need is players that we can actually get. And this guy is available, but like, you, you hate to put so much stock into the, the Chara hate game, but it, to me, it's, it's like, could you imagine the difference from swapping out those two players? And I know it's not that simple. I know Suter wanted to go to Dallas, I believe, by all Suter, accounts. That was like Suter wanted to go to decision. Dallas. Like, you can't Suter do much about it. Dallas. Martinez wanted to go to Vegas. Like, yeah, what can, what can you do? I, I get it. What I don't get is signing Char, but there's no, there's no, that's it's either neither here nor there. But like, there is a lot of impact that one player can have, mm-hmm. especially on defense with only six of them. And it, it, it's like you can replace Char with a, a net neutral player. A completely yeah. a who the fuck is that guy? He's fine. He doesn't do shit in either direction player. Yeah. And you may save yourself like 10 to 15 goals against this year, which yeah. could be the difference in a lot of games. And I, I think, I mean, I think, look, it's, it's no excuse. It is an L that Lou didn't because he can't, he can't control signing those guys. No, like he can't, he can't, but he can control trades for the most yeah. part. 
And it's like, all right. You can't control not signing as a Dan O'Shara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like you didn't that, have to do that. You know, to me, okay, you missed on those. And then, you know, uh, a level down from there is Mike Riley. It seemed like Riley wanted to stay with the, the Bruins, and he clearly did. Um, right. And then, like, then you're on the back foot on all the, like, less than, you know, spectacular guys like uh Goligoski, who's having apparently a pretty good year kulikov another guy having a pretty good year but like what do you but that's my point it, but it's like are we having this conversation about kulikov instead of chara or probably or, not or i mean there's all that talk that vince dunn was on the market even though you know the kraken got him like maybe you have to accept like okay yeah nobody is making deals with the kraken and you know they're asking for a lot, but maybe you should have recognized, you should recognize also when you're in the spot where maybe you should be the team that gives up a lot. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, I think that's the type of headspace that the Islanders are going to be at this, this year um, or th- this summer rather. Like I think they might have to give up a lot for someone, whether it's because yeah. um, it, it's just, it's, I, I just am trained to not believe they will get somebody in free agency. Like I, I yeah, no, nobody of note. I, I, and what's, what's the free agent market even look like? I mean, I honestly don't even fucking know. I haven't heard of anyone particularly. No, no it sounds like it sounds like Forsberg and Nashville aren't close. So there's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he rocks, but again, like you said, um, my brain is fully conditioned to to never expect the Islanders to sign any any big name free agent, which is you know on some levels, not the worst way to go about things because typically players do tend to rip teams. I don't want to say that. I don't like that phrasing. Teams tend to get a little ripped off by agents um, and free yeah. agency, obviously. So there's, yeah, I guess there's something to be said for, for operating from the draft and the trade more often than not. But yeah, no, you see a big guy like Forsberg come on the UFA market. I'm not sure I want the Islanders involved in that bidding more. I, I just, you know, he, yeah. he fucking rocks. I, I love him. I, I, I want them to kick tires on him. But like, what's your upper limit of salary for a guy like that? What if he wants ten million dollars a year because he had a really good year? It's like I one mean, really good it's year. It's possible. It's it's possible. Uh, he's young enough to like. It's hard to picture him not getting. He's a winger, so that that might hurt him a little bit. But even like, I don't know. I feel I mean, like he's that, fucking. Feel, he's that, over that, a point a game player right now. That he's number got is three good. points and probably going to start at, at at least eight i'm imagining eight yeah, and a half I mean, granted like he hasn't been as good in recent years as he has been this year but you know you know how it is contract year everybody everybody looks at that and you know right now he's on like a hundred point fucking pace <laughs> yeah i, I uh, so you know I think, when, when yeah. does the flat cap expire is, is next year the last flat cap year before it starts to move up again the three I, three flat seasons or something i think it goes up to like 82 and a half next year oh it, it always it is going up already okay yeah so the flat cap's technically over after yeah. the season so oh, okay yeah i i mean i yeah i i don't know i i guess another thing um just from that dallas game uh so on a good side uh that Pulak uh, slapper was phenomenal. Um, oh, good. Felt oh, good to see it hit the net. I mean, because to me, think about that. There's a chance that you have. I, I mean, do you bring Chikrin in and 
and you still have like because I think Ryan Pul- like to have a guy like Ryan Pulak pay him what you pay him and not put him on the power play kind of crazy so, to me. Which I feel like he maybe I'm wrong. I feel like he got second line power play minutes tonight. Yeah. I just mean like if they got if they if they got a chick red like is is it oh sh- oh yeah 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 I'm like he definitely does good power play um, yeah but but yeah I, I Pulak being productive because I mean the thing that'd be nice like you said it, it never have enough uh, skilled defensemen I mean last year you know watching the fucking the the lightning very close for seven games and at least one of Hedman. McDonough and uh Sergeyev out on the ice is like fuck really it was We're exhausting all the time it was exhausting yeah. and I, I think like it, that's a good way to put it and I think I think it'd be wise for the Islanders like to uh, that that's part of why I could see that that happening um the uh, on the downside and I think we'll, we'll get into it maybe because uh there isn't really much to talk about with this Senators game but no it, it brings us back <laughs> they to won. They won, but something that got talked about a lot in the game um, was, uh, well, I, I guess the the, May, the Mayfield portion of thing, Mayfield scoring uh, <laughs> against the Senators. Uh, Mayfield won one of his four nice finishes per year that he's always, he's always good for it. Do we talk about how it. how people were saying they thought that Mayfield should have gotten a first and a second? That well, was that people or was that a guy? Because no matter what, whoever said that should be fucking thrown in the ocean and never allowed to use Twitter again. Or to me, like, I don't know. I, I think Mayfield is, Listen. he's he's a flawed defenseman. He's a third yes. pair defenseman. He gets yes. paid uh, way much. less than he should, actually. Even as a, even like a good third pair defenseman probably gets twice uh, what yes. he gets. Um, you're probably making at least two mil if you're, if you're on a third pair. Probably two and a half, even considering how much penalty yeah. killing he does. True. Um, like to me, and if, you know, bump it to three for versatility's sake because like he's he's a useful player. He, he's like you said, flawed is a very good way to put it, but he's a useful player. You know, you know one way or the other. Sometimes the, he costs you. He he feels a lot like a like like just kind of a, a double edged sword at times. I mean, sometimes some games Scott Mayfield costs you fucking hard. And someday games, Scott Mayfield is inexplicably a fucking rock. He's honestly a pretty weird player for me to get a read on. You know, ultimately replaceable, but useful in in his current form. He was he was at fault, I believe, for like both of the breakdowns in the game that I was at too. Like, yes. lo- losing a, losing a guy behind him in the in the, in a breakout and losing a guy around the net. Um, but um, look, yeah, it's just if. I think, you know, and I was saying I thought he should get traded just because I think there is value in him. And I think, you know, it's a luxury, like the, the value that, that you could have in him um, is interesting. But again, that's a guy that maybe something is more in- interesting. Things happen in the offseason trades more than in season trades. In season trades, they're, they're a lot more like concrete. I am planning for the next. Uh, Just a couple months here. Yeah, that's it. And that's what I'm planning for. Um, but yeah, I, I think the fans, again, uh, th- these fans that are dedicated to, to misery is just like psychotic to me that the moves that the Islanders don't, didn't make had values that didn't exist. And yeah. 
to me, like I'm interested in, in some of these trades in like, if it's four players that can get second or first rounders um, depending on the circumstance or, you know, really good prospects, like, okay, maybe. Um, but like, you know, it's not, I, I don't view any of it as a, Oh, they're fucked because they didn't do this. It's like, I don't know. Can you just come to terms, come to grips with what the season was and accept that it was just yeah. this season? Like, it's just a wash. It's, it's just, it's just a bad season and it happened. But in, so in tonight's game and, and some of what just in general, we talked about a little before Wallstrom, I was not crazy about his game. He, he, it's not, it's less that I'm not crazy about his game. It's more that what his game is really comes down to finishing. Here's what I'll say about Alva Wallstrom. Um, and he hasn't been finishing. Right. But that love, it, it's a tough system for a player like him to play in, right? Because you see every single player on the Islanders' offensive numbers essentially dip when they join the Islanders under Barry Trotz. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. Look at Barzell during Doug Wade. Look at Barzell now. It's not that he became a worse player. It's that he plays for a system that strangles him offensively. And that's fine in a lot of cases because if you win hockey games, who gives a shit? And so for a player like Wallstrom to like, you know, sort of come into his own as a, as a goal scorer, it, they're always going to show more growing pains than other types of players. I mean, even, even look at, you know, Dobson, fuck, he was, he was really cool to watch in the bubble. And then last season and stuff like that, but there was, there was noticeable flaws in this game. There's a lot of similar uh, frustrations from fans that, to see Dobson play more for more minutes and why is Trotz docking him in favor of X players, the old guy. And the same things that everyone's saying about fucking Wallstrom right now, it takes these guys, especially in this system, a little more time to, to find out what Trotz wants of them. I mean, Wallstrom's entire career, he's just been fucking absolutely pounding pucks from center on junior hockey goalies. Like it's, this, this is a humongous adjustment for him stylistically. That being said, the one thing I love about Oliver Wallstrom is even if it's a little, um, I'm trying to give a word, even if it's a little out of control at times, when he passes the puck, he passes it fucking hard. And that is something that's missing viciously from Islanders' power play. Uh, just whip it. I mean, you have to make decisions very quickly on the power play because these guys are very good at getting their sticks and lanes. It drives me insane. Like I saw today, Anders Lee doing a uh, behind the back. No look oh, yeah. and cross ice pass on the power play that was about four miles per hour and shit like that. Where I'm like, yeah, they don't have a player who's whipping pucks to the guy next to him, and they also yeah. don't have a guy who's whipping pucks to the goaltender. I think if you have a player with the confidence to get the fuck at the net, the goals will come. And if you look at that line right now, you know, even Trot said it himself like a couple of days or it was yesterday, I think, or even today, you know, that line is clicking and getting chances, and maybe it's exaggerating, but. I see the chances. I, I see yeah. Barzell and, and, and Parise, you know, and, and him, you know, zipping around the zone. And I, and I think, I think the, the flaws that I see in Wallstrom's game, because I absolutely see them like everybody else. I think his flaws are much more fixable than some of the flaws of other players in the Islanders, which is why I would rather put the stock into a player like that and roll the dice on it. Yeah. My turn to me nothing, but I think that's a chance you take on a player like him. I mean, I, I mean, I think that he, to me, it, it, the, like I said before, like I, I think you you keep him unless it's a hockey trade where you get a more realized yeah, version of him. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Th- and granted, th- this is not the same scenario, but it, it, 
this is a smaller Diet Pepsi version of let's trade this Barzell prospect for Matt Duchesne, where there's a lot of the same sentiment. Well, Duchesne's proven. Duchesne's proven. Who knows what Barzell's going to be? I don't think anyone makes that trade right now. And, and again, Wallstrom could be literally nothing. He could be a 15 to 23-point-a-year player who just never finds a stride. But for a team that's full of old guys, I would I would rather hang on to one of your only young potential, you know, scorers, especially in, in a system that's going to make him look ineffective. I mean, it makes all of their offensive stars look ineffective at times. Yeah, I, I mean, I, the, the the thing about that is that I really would love to know what what it is about that that Brock Nelson has had career years under Trotz offensively. Mm-hmm. I think it's what, his pace, a lot of it. I really do. I, th- I think it's this guy who's a grunt. Brock Nelson's a skilled player, but like you said before, Anders Lee plays at a better pace with Brock Nelson because he kind of is this slow-moving, grinding, almost Yager-type player where guys are sort of hanging all over him, and he's super tall and reachy, and he looks like – I feel like when Brock Nelson has the puck, the rest of the game is moving slower sometimes, which I, – I, so I, don't, I, think, I think the players like that fare better under a trot system than a guy who's flying fast and zipping pucks around defensemen, you know? Yeah, I, I I just I don't think he's that. Uh, I I also don't think he's that slow, honestly. Um, I, I don't think he's fast. <laughs> I don't think he's fast, but I don't think he's slow. Um, no, I don't think his skating hurts him too much. I think, but like, I don't think it's particularly I don't, good. I don't think he's a bad skater. I don't think he's a great skater. Um, but yeah. but so with Wallstrom, I think one thing. I, I mean, and part of me wonders if if just the fact and the fact that Barry is keeping him there. You know, the, the, the analytics have been good. And and I, I think also maybe it's easier now that it's like officially, you know, they've They're accepted. Done. They've accepted that it's over. Barry's more willing to experiment here and like not be like, well, you had to get the goals because look, he hadn't scored. Nope. He hadn't scored in a while. No. So he has not. You know, and Barry's keeping I, him there. Not on, not on the power play, I, though, which is weird. No, and I, I think a lot of goal scorers are like that, to be fair. I, I think most pure goal scorers who aren't named like, you know, Ovechkin or the superstars tend to have those big droughts, and especially when they're 21 years old. But I, I think that there's a lot to be said for the fact that he hasn't been taken off that line yet. Because You know Trotz. Trotz has been screamed at to do this, and it would seem like it would almost fall logically almost in a weird petty way to be like, look, I'm trying it. Oh, look, it's been five games. He didn't score. I'm fucking done with this. But instead he's saying, yeah, no, I, I like what I see, which this is not a guy who's minced his words with Wallstrom before. He has publicly said in interviews, I don't like what I'm seeing. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think, I think it's working more than the stat line shows. I really do. I think this is much more a case of being patient for that line to make sense. I, I also am wondering, I, I just, oh, wow, we're getting chippy in this one. Uh, I, looking behind me like I'm watching the same game, but I'm not. I, I, I could see uh, that that you, that first power play unit, or the, the Barzell unit, that's Lee, Peugeot, Barzell, Dobson, and, and Nelson. I could very easily see them uh, taking, I mean, they... What they should, I think they should probably consider taking Walsh, uh, taking uh, Pajot off that unit. And I get that he's there for the faceoff, but outside of that, they have him in the, in the bumper spot, which, like, I get that he can do that, but like, 
I'd rather them put Wallstrom there and yeah. and for Yoshi. Force force uh force you know Barzell to take faceoffs. Like yeah, you know He's a center. I, talk talk about like experimentation time. Like I think that's like a experiment that's not doing something for the sake of nothing. It's like in you know, game testing skills that if these guys can get better at, it'll be better for the, the fucking team. Um, you know, thinking about Brock Nelson, thinking about what you said about the, the um, you know, the, the system being hard to adapt to for offensive players. I just, part of me, this, this is literally not, not going to happen, but I, I just, stylistically wouldn't it be intriguing if barzell just played right wing instead be crazy like i mean well i think i think if he played right wing certain things a couple of summers ago wouldn't have uh happened the way they did um but uh with that in mind it's like if you have a lot of if you have like you know brock nelson and anders lee Two guys that that, that uh, this season have like thirty goal uh, plus potential. Like, what if Barzell was feeding them pucks? It's yeah. interesting. It's inter- but it's not going to happen. But anyway, you know, that's just uh, just a thought. But I, I just I with Wallstrom seeing him live. It's there have been the thing that's been more frustrating is that you saw it in the Ranger game. It was it happened in the Dallas game too. Uh, these two-on-one opportunities he gets where he holds it a little too, holds it one stride too soon and it gets poke checked away from him. Or that, that to me is a common thing that happens to a lot of young players. The one extra stick handle. That, that's what I mean by habits that can be broken. These are, these are inexperienced problems that I see anyway. I mean, how many guys do we see you taking the extra step, the extra stick handle, the extra hold? And it's just like, ah, you got to get that NHL pace is fast. You got to get that up your stick faster. And that's such a normal problem. I just, I just think a lot of the Wallstrom, I don't say it's not hate because I don't think too many people hate the guy. But I think the Wallstrom suspicion, a lot of that is that that knee jerk of this season just being a fucking nightmare. And everyone's being like, I, even, even the guy we all loved isn't good. It's like, man, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, do. and then you have the people that are convinced that if he played in game seven last year, he would have. It, that's scored. that's silly too. And, yeah. and the kind of, okay. I mean, it's kind of like the Islanders have to assess. Maybe the fan base needs to assess the entire fucking picture and, uh, you know, think about the best moments and the worst moments and figure out what's closer what's closest to the average uh, and the, the, the expected average of each of these players and, right. and the total pieces together and what can be moved on from, but whatever, man, I fucking, I'm bummed that this year's gone the way it has. I think a lot of people, I think, and I think a lot of the fucking complaining is that I think it's a lot of like, that's all it is. It's just disappointment. Do you, you think the complaining would be this bad if the last two years weren't that good? I don't. I don't think so. I think it would just be like, oh well, we whatever we suck. But like, yeah, the expectation is there. There's suddenly, a vi- there's, the a, there's a vitriol that that has just been very just miserable to fucking engage like, with like, and witness. It's like triggering for Islanders fans to be like, like we're so used to being so terrible. There's there's finally this air of respect 
two Eastern Conference championship runs and, and it's just like, or almost, and it's just like, holy shit. Like, no, we can't be back here. We, we, we can't, we can't be back here. Like, oh my God. And, and, and they're not recognizing that they're not back there. Yeah. They, they're, like they they've convinced themselves. So I don't know, yeah. you know, Hey, to it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right to look ahead. We'll wrap it with a little, uh, it's wild how productive this podcast is when, uh, when I have uh, somebody that can actually play at my pace uh, to, to borrow. Oh, uh, dude, your words, not mine. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping myself. Well, it's all right. We're, we're going to have a very, we're going to have some very interesting exit interviews, I think as a podcast uh, this off season, <laughs> uh, a lot of, a lot of assessments need to be made just because wow. I think, I think, uh, you know, it's just, it's time for, for no more passengers on the podcast. Wow, otherwise um, they clean up their lockers and then go. Um, so uh, the Islanders have coming up in the next, let's say, weekish or so. They have Detroit on Thursday. Uh, they have ooh Tyler Bertuzzi is going to be in the house. Hopefully, the unvaccinated wonder doesn't cough on anybody. Um, yeah, Boston on Saturday, Tampa on mm. Sunday. Ooh. Uh, and then Columbus, they're in Columbus next Tuesday, a week from today. And then Columbus again right after the yes, at, uh, at Belmont. And the Rangers on April Fool's Day. Because they're playing the fools. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Nailed it. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, they're never going to recover from that. But, uh, yeah, I could see. I mean, honestly, I, 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 I think there's a chance the Islanders, like, and it's going to piss it's going to piss people that wanted them to, to, to rebuild. I could see the Islanders playing their fucking asses off like yeah in these games. Hey, I agree. I, I think there's a, especially at the trade deadline and, you know, also re-signing two guys as much as, as fucking underwhelming as it is, that does send some message to the rest of the team. Like, Hey, your buddies aren't going anywhere. We're not giving up on this roster. We believe in this team as it is fucking go out there you know it, it, it is if they start trading everybody away that, or even just letting the deals expire that that feels shitty you know so i agree i think there'll be some ass playing off a fair amount of ass playing off well you know what fuck it let's go four and oh i don't give a shit let's go who four and who gives a shit i say the islanders go th- three and one and they don't lose the game that everyone thinks they're gonna lose so it's not Tampa. They beat Tampa on Sunday. They lose to – I'm going to make it weird. They're going to lose to Detroit, and they're going to beat Boston, Tampa, and Columbus. I, I'm basing this on fucking nothing. I can see I don't it. Care. I, don't, I, don't have, I don't have to explain myself. You can, you know, fuck yourself. Well, you know, fuck yourself is, a, is, is kind of the, the, the vibe uh, that this podcast has. This is uh, – it's been a, a solid episode, episode 37, the Brian Strait edition, the Straight Shooters episode of Through the Island podcast. If somehow wow. you listen to this whole thing, could you leave a review? Could you tweet about it? Could you tweet about something from this thing? Uh, we appreciate the appreciation on Twitter, but uh, we would like to maybe get to 20, 20-ish listeners, um, you know, uh, by end of the season. So, you know, uh, high hopes. Uh, it's all right. You got the Scott bump. It's all good. It's got the, all Scott, the Scott, the Scott bump. 
the scump, the, if you will. The, the, the better uh, Crypto Dira uh, hockey podcaster, as, I, as I, I think somebody was saying something about, I don't know. It's interesting because oh, wow. I was like, the other one was, the other one was actually Mike now that I yeah. think about that. Yeah. So it was interesting that I, I heard someone say that. Yeah, um, someone else, not not anyone, not yeah. on, on the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, it's been, it's been a long one. But it's been a long good. one, but it's uh, it's it's Mike's uh, it's Mike's uh, week to edit, and my only regret is that I did not get more uh, intoxicated. But mm. uh, this always week, next time. There's, there's always next time. I, I I will definitely make for a really miserable experience for him in the future. Uh, but this has been through the Island Podcast. We'll see you next week. But I just want you.